This is the murderer you know. Hello. Hello. <laughs> is that all you have for us this week? Yes, goodbye. <laughs> If memory serves, this is going to be another episode where I know nothing, where I am in the dark. <laughs> what, so. <laughs> what memory are you basing that on exactly? Well, the last time we met, I think you said something about the next one was going to be also something I didn't know anything about. Mm. I mean, I don't know. You might know. You might know about it. Okay, well, but let's get into it. You didn't hear about it from me. <laughs> All right, sounds good. What's new? Uh, let's see, my mother duck, who I have mentioned in the past, is now sitting on her nest and has apparently torn a lot of feathers out to, I guess, line the nest with and is sitting there surrounded by a avalanche of feathers. And when I kind of got close to see what she was doing, she sort of puffed up and hissed at me. Did you know ducks hiss? <laughs> she said, mind your own business, please. She says, look, girlfriend, you got no business being here. Anyway, we shall see if well, we get babies. I have spent all day watching out my front window as some little baby robins hatched. Ooh. There are two tiny baby robins and two eggs and the mom and the dad are coming and regurgitating things into their mouths. I have to say the difference between baby birds and baby ducklings is baby ducklings hatch out already completely adorable and covered with little downy yellow feathers, whereas baby birds are sort of naked and ugly with big mouths. And Don't just, talk about beep, them beep, like beep, that. Beep. <laughs> mind your own business. You just don't know how to mind your own business. You're all up in everyone else's stuff. Telling okay. my birds they're ugly, bothering your duck. <laughs> it's just rude. Well, we'll hopefully in a week we'll have updates on babies. Hopefully. All that's exciting. It's exciting. I'm ner I'm nervous. Yeah, me too. It's a dangerous world, not just for humans, but for birds, too. That's true. I know. Mm. But speaking of humans, speaking what of are humans, we talking about? We are talking about another late night beach hangout for this mm. story, like a few weeks ago. That was a nightclub, right? Our a night story club. from some weeks ago. Yes. Yes. We're talking about another nightclub. Okay. This nightclub, supposedly known for the best 18 and up hip hop atmosphere. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> this bar, it's closed now, much like the super VIP nightclub <laughs> that we discussed in episodes 41 and 42. This one had an inside and outside area almost equal to the size of two separate bars and the widest wow. variety of liquor in all of Hampton Roads, plus a wide all night dinner slash snack menu with the best wings at the beach. No question. Wow. Boggles the mind. It does boggle the mind. Okay. Our scene is set. Liquor and the best wings on earth or at least in virginia beach <laughs> well what it was known for for me i feel like we literally should have pulled every local within 10 years of my age was being completely covered in gray stucco all over the front the sides the top to be made to look like a cave oh so based on that description i'm sure you can all imagine what the name might have been <gasps> the cave <laughs> And we're going to start with two groups of friends out for a night on the town on Sunday, March 3rd, 2019. Side note, why are these people always going to the club on Sunday? Yeah, shouldn't they be in Bible study or something? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking, shouldn't they be sleeping because they have 
some sort of obligation on Monday. Work, no. school, I don't know, <laughs> something. You would think, but I don't know. I think young people are able to party all night and then get up and go to work. I, not me. Not I don't me. remember. I was always one of those people who needed... Back in college, people would say, oh, I'm going to pull an all-nighter. And I'm like, uh, no, I'm going to bed. <laughs> I mean, I still pull all-nighters, but it doesn't involve being out at a club. That's not the kind of all-nighter I want to pull. 2019 hip-hop was bopping through the speakers. Maybe some mm. Juice World, some Cardi B, Travis Scott, DaBaby. Mm, is a hot girl summer, so you know she got her lit. Feels like yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> for you too uh, yeah <laughs> well you know I feel like everything that happened in 2021 and 22 it just it was like we were all in a coma and we just woke up so 2019 does seem like yesterday that is true now this club had a two-star google rating so I'm sure there oh were my all... god <laughs> even sure... for their wings <laughs> <laughs> Five stars for the wings, but zero <laughs> stars for everything else. So it averaged, it averaged out to two. Wow. I don't I know how, how that they, math works out. I wonder how they stayed in business. Well, that's what I was going to say. I'm sure there were a lot of people there or not so much based <laughs> on that. And it was a relatively uneventful night initially of dancing and drinking for a 22-year-old man and his 20-year-old girlfriend who were joined for the night by a friend and the 22-year-old's cousin. So we have the 22-year-old, his girlfriend, his friend, and a cousin. Mm -hmm. As well as another group of three friends, including a young woman and a 27-year-old man. Aha! But as the night was coming to a close, the women from each of these two groups got into an argument. So there were only two women. Probably in the entire club, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> this was sort of a bro place. A man cave, kind of <laughs> hang out, drink all kinds of liquor and eat wings. I mean, mm, what's more mm -hmm. manly than that? <laughs> I don't know. It's a good question. <laughs> but yeah, there were two groups of friends, a group of four, a group of three, and one woman in each group. Uh -huh. And it doesn't sound like it was really a major altercation at this point, but things were sort of starting to bubble up a little bit. Bubble. After the club closed and the two groups left around the same time, mom, I know it's been a long time or never as we've established in this episode <laughs> and others, but where do you think you would want to go after a, a nice night out partying it up? I'm too bad. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. They went for snacks and refreshments at 7-Eleven. 7-Eleven? They were at a place that had the best wings in the universe. And they went to 7-Eleven for what? One of their hot dogs that's been spinning on that rotisserie for a hundred years? Spoken like a bitch who has never eaten one of those <laughs> hot dogs. Well, that a taquito? A taquito? Many people might say that 7-Eleven has the best wings in Virginia Beach. <laughs> So the group of four friends arrived first, followed shortly by the group of three friends. Mm -hmm. When the second group arrived and stepped into the store, the two women began fighting again. And mm. it was getting pretty physical at this point. So the 27-year-old man from the threesome intervened and separated the women. Okay. But there were so many arms and fists and body parts flying around as he separated them. The 20-year-old woman from the other friend group accidentally hit him. Hmm. And he responded by sort of giving her a light shove. I'm, which... I'm sure that's his definition of what he did. Yes. Okay. And her boyfriend <laughs> did not... Like that very it. much. Yeah. Of course. So he told the older man not to touch his girlfriend. I don't blame him. And this is really another one of those cases where I truly wish that the opinion provided a bit more information about the nitty gritty details of what was happening. Because I do not know what these women were arguing about. And I really wish that I did. If I may just step in here. 
here's a group of young people who are probably shit-faced, drunk, and you want to know what they were arguing about? God knows nothing, I'm sure. Like, <laughs> yeah. what? The, who was the better singer? Who had the better outfit on? <laughs> I mean, possible. I'm sure it was nothing of importance. Well, it was probably important to them, whatever Of course, of course. I'm just, I'm just nosy, as we have established. Yeah. And the, the reason I'm really wondering is because we're already two fights in. And after the groups exited the 7-Eleven with their taquitos and their old hot, do- <laughs> hot dogs, <laughs> the two women started fighting again. Oh, my God. These women. Yeah. Why doesn't the one group just get in the car and drive away and the other group drive uh, in the other direction? It's a just a thought. Fantastic question. These girls are obviously not going to let it go. So No. And the 27-year-old man intervened and tried to separate the women again. Uh-oh. At this point in time, his friend pulled out a gun. And so did the 22-year-old whose girlfriend kept getting in all of these fights. Oh, God. And I was kind of confused by this because... Two of the guys had guns, but for whatever reason, I don't know if the 22-year-old was focusing his gun on the 27-year-old and didn't expect anyone to focus their gun on him. But when he noticed the guy from the other friends group had a gun too, he said, you know, this doesn't need to go on. We need to stop this. And well, at least he was being sensible. Yeah. Even though he, he upped the ante by pulling a gun in the first place. Well, he said he did not pull his gun out first. Ah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But he wanted to stop it, and the two even shook hands, and they both put their guns away. The 27-year-old, though, who had spent his entire night so far, it seems, separating (laughs) these two women, was very upset that the man from the other friends group had pulled out a gun. And it seems like he might have gotten a little confrontational. And he was heard saying things like, come fight me if you want to fight me. Don't pull a gun out. Hand-to-hand combat. (laughs) Be a man. I agree. I agree. His friend tried repeatedly to convince him to drop it and that they should just leave the gas station. But the 27-year-old was still upset even though by this time the offending weapon from the other group of friends was completely put away inside the trunk of the car that that Uh friend group was traveling in. But the 27-year-old was not making his frustration secret. He even started walking toward the 22-year-old man who got his gun back out of his trunk just in case. So now they're outside. 22-year-old bro has put his gun in the trunk. Yeah, but the 27-year-old guy was still kind of heated and he was sort of pacing around the parking lot, making the other group uncomfortable. So the 22-year-old man got his gun back out just in case and then got into the front passenger seat of his friend's car. Uh Uh-huh. Once he was safely in the car, his friend who was driving started backing the car up. The 27-year-old continued walking toward the pair who were in their car. Okay. He wasn't yelling. He wasn't threatening the men in any way. He was not armed. He had never been armed throughout the course of the night. Mm -hmm. His friend was also still in the parking lot with him a couple feet away. The car continued to slowly back up. And the 27-year-old man can actually be seen. There's surveillance footage of all of this. Mm, Right. Walking past the front of the other men's car and then crossing toward the front passenger window with Mm -hmm. his friend a few feet behind him. The car can then be seen sort of pausing for a second. Uh Uh-oh. Don't like that pausing. The friend on foot a couple of feet away said that he observed one shot fired from the front passenger window and he watched his friend fall to the ground saying he shot me as the car quickly pulled off. For his part, the friend who had been with him in the parking lot pulled his gun back out and fired a couple of shots after the car and then turned his attention to his injured friend who was taken to the hospital. So he's at the hospital. He's at the hospital. 
The 27-year-old who was eventually shot after the strange events of the evening was described by his family as a strong, brilliant, and captivating young man. From a young age, he was passionate about playing basketball, and he loved to work out and stay in good shape. He was known as the love doctor and was sought out by many for his excellent advice and his heart of gold. Mm -hmm. This goal-oriented young man was a father of three young girls and had just started a new career at 7-Up Company. Mm. He was a caring and positive person that had a natural ability to forge connections with others, including his parents, his stepfather, his seven brothers, aunts, uncles, cousins, nieces, and many, many friends. And he lost his life to unnecessary gun violence on March 4th, 2019, after being transported to the hospital. Just so totally ridiculous. So sad. It is, you know. And if people weren't armed, yeah, they would have to resort to duking it out. And that would hurt more. They might think, hmm, maybe we should just talk about this. Maybe. I don't know. While this man was being transported to the hospital, his shooter fled the scene with his girlfriend and later threw his gun off of a bridge as he fled to a rural Virginia town about an hour and a half from where the crime occurred. He was apprehended there later that day, and he and his girlfriend were both arrested. Wasn't there somebody else with them, though? Yeah, so by the time they were arrested... They actually went home. I don't know if they lived together or whose home they went to. They went home and then went to sleep. And then the next morning they fled. So by the time that happened, the cousin and the other friend weren't with them anymore. What's interesting because you said that the gun was fired from the passenger side. So I guess our shooter wasn't driving. No. So he and his girlfriend have fled. I guess they figured out this not not a good thing they did and so they've fled thinking they'll be able to hide out the rest of their lives maybe they should drive to california maybe off into the <laughs> sunset seems it's... to be what most of our <laughs> people have come up with yes our young people think that if they just cross the border into california it's a whole new world so since this guy and his girlfriend were apprehended very quickly, that's pretty much it. There wasn't a huge investigation, any sort of wide-scale manhunt. They collected the surveillance footage. They talked to witnesses and those sorts of normal things so that they would have a case to bring in court. But it's a lot more cut and dry, even than some of the stories that we usually discuss. Yeah. So we're already going to go ahead and hop into the legal side of things because there are some interesting things that happen. Okay. Now, after his arrest, several charges were initially thrown at the young man, including possession or transfer of a weapon by a violent felon and malicious Ooh. wounding. He was a violent fel felon on top of everything? He was. Wow. But by the summer of 2019, a trial was moving forward for the charges of second-degree murder and use of firearm by a felon. Mm. His girlfriend was charged with accessory after a felony and found guilty. And this is just a brief mention of her because it's very quick. His story is a little longer and more complicated. Well, what about his cousin or friend who was driving the car? They weren't Surely. charged with anything. Really? Yep. Fleeing the scene of a crime? Yeah. I don't know why, but wow. his girlfriend was charged because she fled with him and she disposed of the gun with him. She no one else him. stayed with him, with them the next day after the events. I don't know if that's why charges weren't pursued against the other two men. Oh. But yeah, I'm, I don't know why. You know, especially the driver, because we've covered cases. We've at least one that immediately comes to mind. We covered a case way back. It's weird, way that, back. We would, it's weird <laughs> that we would have a way back. But back in episode five, where wow. the driver was charged. Hmm. I mean, you know, all cases are different, different jurisdiction, different law enforcement, different everything. But I did think it was interesting that the driver wasn't charged with anything. Yeah, I agree. You've been out with these people. There's been a fight. You're like 
trading insults, threatening each other. You all pile into the car. And as you're pulling out, your friend pulls out a gun and shoots somebody. And yeah, that that seems, if you keep driving, that seems like a crime. On the other hand, maybe he was afraid he would get shot. I don't know. <laughs> True. Well, or maybe, maybe he testified against him. You know, we don't know about that either. Yeah. I couldn't even find, I had all of the names of all of the people involved and I looked each of them up individually. I couldn't find anything on the other people in the car. Hmm. Other than them being mentioned in this opinion, that was the only thing really that came up for them. As far as the girlfriend, after her trial, she was released in January 2021 with time served. Refresh my memory. How long was then she in jail? Just under two years. Oh, God, she got that much time. Mm -hmm. She was found guilty of accessory after the fact for a felony. So, okay. Now let's get into the boyfriend's story. Oh, the boyfriend's story. My boyfriend's back and there's going to be trouble. Mm -hmm. <laughs> on february 25th 2020 a three-day trial commenced for the young man he was 23 by this time where he faced the charges of again second degree murder and use of firearm and a commission of a felony and he actually took the stand in his own defense unusual as most of us probably know yeah yeah and he had some stuff to say, of course. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he said that he didn't pull his gun out until he saw one of the men from the other group holding a gun at his side and that he was concerned for his safety. And remember, he did try to sort of de-escalate things. He even shook hands with the other man in an attempt to make peace. Make peace. I like that. He also confirmed that after the older man confronted him about having a gun, he put his gun in the trunk in another attempt at de-escalation of the situation. He stated that he wanted to defuse all of the problems and he just wanted to leave. But after the older man saw him put his gun in the trunk, he was, quote, really like trying to fight me now, hmm. which he wanted no part of, at least according to what he said in trial. As he tells it, eventually he retrieved his gun again because every time he and his group tried to leave, the other two men kept walking up toward their car, kind of threatening them, talking to them, hmm. just sort of trying to prevent them from leaving and generally being confrontational. When questioned, he also admitted that even as he got his gun, the other three members of his party were telling him to just get in the car, they should leave, he should let it slide, it wasn't a big deal, but he felt equally determined to get his gun as he was to leave the scene for some reason. Well, maybe he felt threatened and he thought, well, I better at least have my gun in my hand mm -hmm. as we're driving away in case something else happens. Yeah. Now, you said that the, the friend of the 27-year-old who was killed fired shots at the fleeing vehicle. Yes. But I guess he didn't hit anybody or the no, car. No, he didn't. Okay. So when the 22-year-old sat back down and his friend started backing the car up, the 27-year-old stood at the front of the car to block it from accelerating forward. And the perpetrator testified that he felt trapped and like something was about to happen to him. Mm. When the man approached his window and he looked and saw that his friend was in the parking lot behind him with his gun, he said he heard the armed man say, quote, Come on, bro. I will air his shit out. And he became extremely afraid and fired his gun once in their general direction. Air his shit out? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> it doesn't sound good. Uh, yeah, it doesn't. Must be just sort of one of those modern expressions. <laughs> Maybe. 
shit airing. <laughs> Thoroughly modern Millie. So basically, so basically, he was saying this was all self-defense and yes. fear of his life. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. He said he did fire intentionally, but he didn't aim for anyone. He didn't even really want to hit anyone. He just felt like a sitting duck and he was afraid that their car was about to be riddled with bullets. Wow. He also admitted, though, that the men weren't really blocking the car and that the man he did hit had never been armed and had not made any threats, at least not to kill him. Although he did maintain that this older man said a couple of times that he was going to hurt him. Hmm. This he, this is this loving person who everybody went to for advice and kindness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... The stories you can already tell just from how far I've gotten, the stories mostly align and they kind of had to, right? Because there was surveillance footage, there were witnesses, but the intricate details of what was said and who was threatening who and those sorts of things obviously weren't picked up by the surveillance footage. So that part is sort of... He said, he said, you know, this guy's saying he felt threatened. The other group is saying, but he was unarmed. He wasn't being threatening. Your story doesn't make sense. Yeah. And I mean, come on, you just shoot into a group of people not really wanting to hurt anybody. Do you know what bullets do? Did you think it was just going to like turn into a, I don't know, a flower halfway to the target? Well, according to him, he was very well aware of what bullets can do. Hmm. On top of acknowledging the fact that he was a three-time convicted felon. Oh, great. He explained that he kept a gun on him for protection because he grew up in a really rough neighborhood where gun violence was very prevalent. He stated that he had first been shot as a kid at only 10 years old. Wow. And that when he was 12, his father lost his life to gun violence. Throughout mm. the course of his life, several of his friends had also been killed by guns. And all of this compounded to make him fearful of guns and of what they could do. He was fearful of guns and what they could do, but yet he had a gun and was not afraid just to shoot randomly at a group of people. I mean, he probably was afraid. I think a responsible gun owner might not just close their eyes and turn their head and fire into a parking lot. No. That seems sort of like a fearful reaction, yeah. potentially. I, yeah, I mean, it's... If it's, that's what happened. It's not a well-thought-out plan. No. He said finally, after he fired his gun and they drove off, he realized that shots were being fired toward the car he was in, but he, at the time, he didn't understand why. The next morning, however, he heard that someone had been shot. But, but he had shot at them, so he didn't understand why they were shooting back, even if nobody had been killed. Yeah, I, I guess he did not think he hit anyone. And I don't know why they still wouldn't shoot just because he shot in general, like you're yeah. saying. But I think that would be sort of a logical response, given the circumstances and the people yeah. involved that, yeah, you shoot at me, I'm going to shoot at you. Yeah, this is what he testified to at trial. Who knows which parts of it are true or strategic, well, yeah, I mean, potentially. Yeah, sure. He's going to change his story to put himself in the best light. Yeah. And he said that the next morning he heard that someone had been shot during the altercation at the 7-Eleven and he was afraid. So that's when he and his girlfriend hit the road, threw his gun off a bridge and headed to somewhere a little more secluded to hide. At the close of the trial, his team made a motion to strike both of the charges against him. They argued that the evidence showed self-defense rather than malice, but the jury denied this motion and convicted him of both charges. And on August 2nd, 2021, he was sentenced to 25 years in jail, 20 years for second-degree murder, and five years for the use of a firearm in the commission of a murder. You think about this, this is the kind of thing where he could have shot 
some elderly woman mm-hmm. walking across the street or mm-hmm. a child sitting in the back seat of their parents' car. Mm-hmm. I mean, un- unfortunately, that happens as often as the person who is involved gets shot. There are just so many times yeah. where innocent bystanders are killed. Yeah, right here where I live a few weeks ago, I don't think I mentioned, there was some shots fired. I don't really know the details of it, but at least one of the bullets went into a house nearby, through the wall, into the house, into the freezer. I mean, thank God it could have been so much worse. The family in that home has a seven-year-old little girl who was home at the time when a bullet came through her wall. It's so sad and it's scary. Yeah. I guess people who shoot guns don't really care about innocent bystanders. There was that case not too long ago at a nightclub where people were leaving after a night of fun and somebody spilled a drink on somebody and that person pulled out a gun Mm. and killed a bunch of people. Most of them who had nothing to do with anything. They just were there. Wrong place, wrong time. So sad. It is. It is. Horrible. Once again, we've talked about all the lives that are destroyed. Mm-hmm. So they didn't buy his defense and he got 25 years. Yes. But the now convicted murderer was just not here for any of this. He he never was. And even as recently as 2023, he has not wavered in his innocence Now, if you're balking at that, of course, he is not claiming to be innocent of the actions he took, but rather he claims that they were, as even stated in his initial trial, they were taken in self-defense or in the heat of passion rather than out of malice for the other young man or anyone at all. Well, does it really matter if you kill somebody because you intend malice towards them or if you just shoot towards somebody and they happen to be killed i mean maybe that's manslaughter maybe that's not murder i don't know Mm -hmm. it's actually a great question (laughs) because this guy filed a uh handy dandy appeal ding ding and always (laughs) file the handy dandies it turns out legally it does matter if there was malice behind the actions So, I mean, I guess it's like the difference between first degree murder where you planned it or second degree murder mm -hmm. or, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, I guess intent does sometimes figure in because if you plan to kill somebody, that's much worse than if you just accidentally kill them. Yeah. Or in the heat of passion, kill them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There are degrees. There are degrees of killing. Mm -hmm. And... In this appeal, of course, he says, I didn't commit second degree murder. Let me explain to you how. So we're going to go through that. And of course, since he was saying he didn't commit murder, he was also arguing that he couldn't be charged with use of a firearm in the commission of a felony either. But he was a convicted. He had a record, right? Yes, but they didn't end up charging him with possession or transfer of a weapon by a violent felon. What they Maybe ended they up, <laughs> yeah, what they ended up charging him with was the use of a firearm and a commission of a felony. And he's trying to say, I didn't commit that felony. So this charge can't stick either. Okay. But, but does it hold water? <laughs> this argument that he tried to put forth. Yeah, I don't know. It's very murky. But to me, to me, if you shoot a gun at a bunch of people, not caring where that bullet will go. Mm -hmm. whether it will travel five miles and kill somebody's grandmother or child, Mm -hmm. I would call that with malice. I would not just say, oh, oops, I guess you really didn't mean any harm. Yeah. Sorry. No, not buying it. Well, I feel like we all know this by now. Like, I feel like we could all say this in unison. (laughs) But the question with these appeals is, would any rational trier of fact find the essential elements of this crime beyond a reasonable doubt? I'm thinking about our crime from, what was it, two weeks ago? Our young soldier? Yeah, gosh, it was probably like three or four. Yeah, I don't know. 
point. It all becomes <laughs> blurred. But I'm thinking about that poor guy who all they had was some stupid idiot eyeballing hair samples and saying, yes, this, this hair on his sweatshirt is his. Guilty, guilty, guilty. And they yeah. had no evidence no evidence at all even when they finally discovered dna they had no evidence yeah. and yet and yet when he went to the appeals court they were like no you probably still would have been convicted I'm yeah like, really mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah i it definitely makes me think of that and once again i i have to say that in that case there was definitely a racial aspect to it that still no. baffles me that baff <sighs> it baffles me like you say, you have to be found guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. Well, I'm going to ask you, my oh. my trier of fact. Okay. <laughs> Based on what we know, so both accounts from the sort of different sides. And of course, the actual jurors knew so much more, but yes. what do you think? Would you grant this appeal? Do you think this was self-defense or heat of passion? Uh, I do think that he probably had some fear for his life. He was probably angry and upset that this guy had put his hands on his girlfriend. Mm. He probably had had too much to drink at the crummy bar that had more liquor brands than any place in the civilized world he didn't eat enough wings so he was <laughs> in a bad mood but he did have a what is it a taquito at 7-eleven <laughs> maybe even had a slurpee oh yum <laughs> but i honestly think my personal opinion which is probably not legal that firing a gun randomly towards people realizing that that bullet could kill anybody that to me is just unforgivable okay so mm, was it what what did they convict him of murder with malice second degree murder second degree and he wanted to say it was like manslaughter what was he going for yeah he essentially wanted to say that it was manslaughter oh <sighs> I don't know. I mean, voluntary manslaughter. Yeah. Didn't try to go for involuntary. I don't know if you even could. You literally pulled a trigger, but. Yes. Yeah. Uh, my opinion. I guess it was manslaughter. Okay. Well, I'm kind of surprised by that. I thought you were going to go guilty, second degree murder. I would have given him the death penalty anyway, <laughs> but. <laughs> I don't think there's any proof that he aimed at this particular person mm -hmm. and tried to kill them mm -hmm. deliberately. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that does fall into the murky gray zone of yeah. manslaughter versus, why can't I ever remember, second degree murder? Yes. yes. Okay, am I right? Okay. Do I get an A? <laughs> Well, we're going to, I let's go into it. Let's get into the legal since you're saying your opinion isn't legal and we need lawyerina. Let's get into it a little bit and let's see if you change your mind after we weave our new self-defense and or heat of passion tapestry. Okay, let's get to it. The appealant first argued that the evidence was insufficient to support a conviction for second-degree murder because mm. it instead showed he acted in self-defense. He said that rather than murder, this was a case of, okay, so these are about to be what sound like normal words, but it turns out <laughs> actually are a bunch of legal definitions almost. So uh. hang in there. We're going to go through each one of them. Are you going to like brutalize Latin sounding no. terms again? No, there's okay. only one that I actually oh, thought was cool. So I threw it in. No, like I said, normal <laughs> sounding words. But they don't make any sense. Okay. I they like make that. sense. They make sense. <laughs> okay. But there's a lot more behind them than what normal people like us would think. Okay. That's I'm, my opinion. I'm, I'm ready. So he said that rather than murder, this was a case of justifiable homicide and that if it was not justifiable, it was excusable homicide. Mm. The problem with this, though, is that justifiable homicide is a legal precedent that has been set. So this is how it's explained. Mm. 
A defendant must show that he reasonably feared death or serious bodily harm at the hands of his victim. Whether the danger is reasonably apparent is judged from the viewpoint of the defendant at the time of the incident. The defendant must also show that he was in imminent danger of harm. That is a showing of an overt act or other circumstance that affords an immediate threat to safety. So you can't just say this was justifiable homicide. You must meet this criteria. For example, in my mind, not a lawyer, but in my (laughs) mind, if this person had a gun and fired it at you and then you shot him, that would be justifiable homicide. But the guy who was killed wasn't the one with the gun. Correct. So to me... Yeah, it's not justifiable. He he didn't kill or shoot the guy who had the gun. We're on the same page. Boom. I'm glad we agree. Remember that he then said, okay, well, if it wasn't justifiable, then it's excusable homicide. Uh, There's excusable homicide? Yes. The case is the same for excusable homicide. Might sound like just two words put together, but (laughs) it's actually almost a definition that has been defined by previous case law. So excusable homicide in self-defense occurs where the accused, although in some fault of the first instance in provoking or bringing on the difficulty when attacked, retreats as far as possible, announces his desire for peace, and kills his adversary from a reasonably apparent necessity to preserve his own life or save himself from great bodily harm. So this one's almost even more specific. You have to go away. You have to say, (laughs) stop all of this. I come in peace. And you have to literally be threatened. They're shooting at you. They're stabbing you. There has to be something like that going on. One thing is perfectly clear, perfectly, can I say that word, perfectly (laughs) clear, Mm -hmm. no one shot at him. Mm -hmm. We have to keep that in mind. We have to. And so did the court. Yeah. If the other people in the other group, in group B, were like armed to the teeth with bazookas and machine guns but they never so much as took the safety off. Mm-hmm. I, I don't go with justifiable or never heard of this one. What was it? Reasonable? Excusable. Oh my God. Excusable. Excuse no. me. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't go with justifiable or excusable. Well, this guy I, I went with it. them <laughs> in support Ooh. of the appealant. Who's the appealant? The shooter. Oh, well, of course. Yeah, he's going to go with it. <laughs> he's probably going to go for shoplifting if he can, you know, I was I was just at 7-Eleven stealing a hot dog. <laughs> and he tried his best to yes. fit the criteria of each of these types of homicide. Right. In support of the justifiable homicide theory, the appealant said he fit this criteria because he was not the aggressor. He was not a participant in the initial fight, which took place between the women. He was not the first to pull out a gun and that he and his friends were the first to get in their cars to try to leave. Hmm. But when they got in their car to start to leave, they didn't shot. Nobody shot at them. And they didn't leave. Right. I'm the judge. I'm going, "Mm, no. (laughs) Additionally, in support of the excusable theory, the young man made note of the peace handshake. Remember that? Oh, yeah. After which he retreated to his car and that he declined to fight the 27-year-old even though the 27-year-old was sort of being confrontational and saying, fight me, bro, fight me, remember? Yeah. And that he feared for his life while he was trapped inside his car. Trapped. Trapped. Oh, my God. But (laughs) the court said that the evidence showed, contrary to statements made by the appealant, The 27-year-old man did not block his car in. 
They could have driven away at any moment if they wanted to. Right. And they were not buying that he was legitimately in fear for his life because I'm buying it. I'm not either. (laughs) Because evidence indicated that the 27 year old never even raised his voice and again was consistently unarmed. Yeah, and we have all, I'm sure, all this on video from the Mm -hmm. security cameras Mm -hmm. where people are probably yelling and using hand gestures Mm -hmm. and maybe one guy's waving a gun around, but nobody shot at him. Nobody attacked him. Nobody ran up and kicked his car tire. Mm -hmm. Nobody blocked him leaving. Yeah. Nay, nay said the court (laughs) well thank god the court sometimes has a brain well they always say no which i feel like again (laughs) all of us could say in unison right now to these appeals and sometimes i being a street idiot who knows nothing about the law completely disagree and think they made the wrong call but in this case I really am. I'm on the. I'm on the train. I'm riding it. I see the legal terms. The former precedent set. He didn't meet those qualifications. Good. I'm good. there. Boom. I'm sure sometimes appeals work. If they I'm never sure. worked, if they never worked, then people would stop appealing. We haven't seen anybody's appeal work, for the most part, because. Other than that one guy, Soldier Boy, most of these people were Soldier Boy. Tell them were pretty clearly guilty. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that's why we never get to talk about any successful. I gotta, we gotta find one. (laughs) We We do. I really would like to see what that looks like. (laughs) Let's find one. Okay. (laughs) Now, in the argument for heat of passion. The appealant argued that the Commonwealth failed to provide sufficient evidence to support his murder conviction because the court did not prove, so here's where your malice comes in, Uh the court did not prove he had acted maliciously. The legal definition of second-degree murder states that the act is malicious and that it must be done willfully or purposefully. I immediately feel like this one is a maybe. For me, because we can't be sure if he willfully or purposefully hit them with a bullet. No, I mean, I can believe that he just fired his gun to like flex his muscle and say, you know, back off, bro. I got a gun, too, and I'm not afraid to use it and we're getting out of here. But like I said, if you fire a gun, there are consequences. Mm hmm. Guns are not like water pistols or throwing knives. I'm just imagining this all (laughs) happening with ninja stars now. (laughs) Well, ninja stars, that's a whole other thing. If he had done ninja stars, I'd probably be down for conviction too. Probably more deadly than uh, guns. You think so? Maybe in the hands of a really (laughs) superior ninja. Yeah, exactly. And who has ninja stars besides superior ninjas? I don't know. It's a good question. So back so this, to- this was his second appeal. Yes. Okay, guys, this is the one I like. <laughs> okay. So back to malice. Malice. Malice is evidenced either when the accused acted with a sedate, deliberate mind and formed design or committed any purposeful and cruel act without any or without great provocation. Yeah, I don't know that he was forming a malicious thought so much as just just acting out, acting willfully. Yeah. Not, not considering the consequences of what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Further, the court said that the trier of fact may infer malice from the deliberate use of a deadly weapon unless the evidence raises a reasonable doubt whether malice existed. Yeah, I'm not saying that he had, you know, malice aforethought, which I think is a legal term. Sure. And, and, you know, he probably didn't mean to kill anybody. He probably didn't. But this says the trier of fact may infer malice from the deliberate use of a deadly weapon. And he did say he deliberately fired his gun. Yes. 
So legally, I guess they can infer malice just mm-hmm. because he fired a gun. Mm-hmm. I infer stupidity and oh. recklessness and a lack of concern about where the bullet was going to end up. Yeah. But by contrast, the appealant said that the evidence showed he committed voluntary manslaughter. Hmm. Which is the unlawful killing of another, quote, committed in the course of a sudden quarrel or mutual combat or upon a sudden provocation and without any previous grudge. And the killing is from the sudden heat of passion growing solely out of the quarrel or combat or provocation. Uh, You know, I hate to say it, but I think that pretty much describes this case. Yeah. Further, heat of passion refers to the furor brevis, which renders a man deaf to the voice of reason. Furor brevis, by the way, is a Latin phrase, which means (laughs) anger is a brief madness. Isn't that kind of like artsy? I like it. Me too. Anger is a brief madness. Brief madness. Oh, wow. I I agree with you. This seems to fit the situation at least as described by the man who is now the appealant pretty much to a t and also remember we've discussed many many times that the human brain does not fully form till 25 or in the case of men maybe 65 (laughs) but (laughs) maybe never (laughs) once again a 22 year old you know, is not thinking things through. He's Mm -hmm. not considering consequences. He's just reacting. Yeah, you're right. And he said the whole thing was as simple as this. He did not know the young man he killed. He did not want to fight him. He only wanted to leave 7-Eleven and go home. He felt threatened. He had no time to reflect. And he simply reacted to the sudden movements of the men outside his car. And ultimately... He fired the gun because he was scared, period. Yeah, and I mean, sadly, this young fellow grew up in a a gun culture in the world we live in. Well, in America, too many children grow up in neighborhoods where guns are more accessible than encyclopedias. I mean, they Mm. just, they know people who have been shot they've seen people shot they've been Mm -hmm. shot what did we say this this guy was shot when he was 10 Mm -hmm. and then his father murdered when he was 12 Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's just commonplace yeah it's it's just a terrible it's terrible to even imagine that there are neighborhoods in america where shootings are that common yeah and it's probably in almost every city in America, and it's spreading probably to small towns. So after all of this work that he put in, the court said, nope, you're guilty. And a rational fact finder would still think so, too. Well, once again, we have period been found... Up, period up. <laughs> we have been found to not be rational fact finders. We are not rational. Something not is rational. wrong with us. Don't put us on a jury. <laughs> because I think that that definition of manslaughter fits the case to a T. Yeah. And I know we've asked lawyer before and she has claimed that there are appeals that are granted, which you just pointed out as well. But when I see something like this, that seems so clearly word for word, voluntary manslaughter describing what happened. Exactly. And then they say, oh no, that wasn't what happened. It is what happened. Yeah. I'm sorry. You know, it is. Yeah. Pretty sad. This kid also tried a couple of other appeals and motions. In 2021, for example, he tried something that we haven't seen before, at least not called out like this, because he also tried to blame the trial court for denying his request to call a mistrial, alleging that they used improper jury polling and that the decision to convict him had not been unanimous. 
Oh, interesting. Yeah. I thought a jury had to be unanimous. Yes, they do. <laughs> they do. So here's what happened. At the close of the trial, the court clerk reads the verdict aloud and the jury yes. is asked to confirm their verdicts. Right. The newly convicted apparently can then ask the court to poll the jury. Yes. But for some reason, two of the jurors were inadvertently not asked during this jury polling. That's sort of weird. I agree. I mean, it they is were weird. there. Yes. Did they just say, oh, well, you don't need to know about them? I don't know. It's very strange. At the time, though, the defendant made no objection. So it seems to almost have gone unnoticed hmm. by everyone, including the defendant. But the people they did poll said, yes, guilty. Yes. And the jury then said, you're guilty. Get out of here. You're going to jail. And each of the jurors confirmed their verdict again. And this time, every single juror confirmed, including the two that were missed during the polling requested by the defendant. I wonder if when the jury was given their instructions, if they were told, you can find this fellow guilty of malicious, aforethought murder, or you can find him guilty of, you know, if they were given some tears. Yeah. Or if they That's were a good just question. Said, because I, I mean, I've heard that where these are your choices. Mm -hmm. Me too. Of what? Now, I don't know if that happens in Virginia. You know, I don't know if they're given choices. Yeah. Another thing to ask lawyer Rena. I think we did cover a case once where the jury was given choices, but it was one of the older cases that we covered. Yeah. So I'm not it sure. It seems to me that if these if it was described, you know, this is the criteria for this, 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 and this, seems to me the jury would have said, yeah, manslaughter. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if that wasn't an option. Yeah, it's a great question. Yep. So 14 months after the jury trial in April 2021, the convicted then filed a motion to set the verdict aside based on that faulty jury polling. Hmm. He said he didn't say anything at the time because he didn't realize that two jurors were not polled. So based on his concerns, these two jurors were summoned to court to be polled again, but they didn't show. Interesting. So I'm thinking surely this might be something. Surely. But the court really? held a hearing about whether the jurors should be summoned again since they didn't respond. And ultimately, they decided they shouldn't. And they denied the motion for a mistrial, finding that although the jurors were not individually polled, they were polled generally. They were polled. They weren't missed entirely. They were polled and they said, yes, guilty. And the decision was unanimous. Yeah, I mean, and furthermore, you're there, you've just been convicted, you say, I want the jury to be polled, but you don't pay any attention and, and you don't notice. <laughs> That's what a good about point. those two guys? I mean, sorry, not buying that one. Yeah, yeah. So ultimately, unsuccessful, not right. something we haven't seen before with appeals. He's going to be in jail until, what's that? Gosh. A long time. Let's see. 26. 1929 1939 2044 2044 god so he was 22 when this all started and he'll be close yeah. to 50 when he gets out it's it's sad it's very sad yeah one stupid moment that's the end of our 711 saga <sighs> another Senseless. another uplifting story i know at least there were thoughts of taquitos for us yes for us something to hold on to true enough yeah it's devastating i mean he must be so filled with regret and to just destroy so many lives kill this right. poor guy who ultimately really did nothing other than to try to stop his friend and some other girl from beating the shit out of each other all night long um, it's terrible it is and it's hard to think know, about you just think of unfortunately it happens way too often it seems to 
So next week, we'll talk about ducks and eagles and uh, robin babies. Yeah, you didn't mention that we had to interrupt this (laughs) recording so you could go save a baby eagle. And I got to tell y'all, folks. (laughs) <laughs> Baby eagles are not little tiny fluffy things. This thing was as big as a full-grown eagle. Yeah, that... Well, maybe not quite that big, it but big. It was big. It was huge. It was big. But it couldn't fly, and it fell out of this nest that was probably oh, 40 feet off the ground. So hopefully he's going to be okay. I'll mm. update you guys next time. If he's not okay, don't mention it. We'll just okay. forget okay, that forget. you brought it up. poor guy (laughs) all right well thanks for joining us on bird adventures (laughs) the murder you know wildlife hour (laughs) we appreciate y'all so much we do remember you can always email us murderer you know at gmail.com reach out to us on social media we're murderer you know podcast on facebook and instagram if you're enjoying the show and you want to keep enjoying the show drop us a review wherever you're listening it's very helpful and it helps us keep this going yep please do please do (laughs) okay add mom and no, I have to go take off my eagle eagle rescue and, and hit the hay. All right. Well. All righty. Caca. <laughs> bye. Bye, bye.